Hi friends, it's Charlie O'Shields here, back with another episode of Sketching Stuff. And a very happy World Watercolor Month to everyone out there as we celebrate this wonderful July together. If you're wondering what the month is all about, be sure to check out worldwatercolormonth.com to learn more. For this set of stories, I've collected some inspiring memories that my watercolor sketching habit has sparked over this past year. It's fun to me how even sketching a bit of stuff that I chose to paint that day, simply for a bit of practice, manages to reveal so much more. Whether it's an ice cream sandwich or a little glass marble, there are so many thoughts and emotions that come to my mind. So many almost forgotten bits of my past and thoughts that help me make better sense of where I'm going in the future. Truly, I had no idea that picking up a pen and brush would end up revealing so many stories and adding so much more meaning along the way. I hope you'll find these stories inspiring as well as we spend a bit of time together now sketching memories. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. My favorite childhood toy. Choosing a favorite childhood toy was incredibly difficult for a prompt one time since I absolutely love all of my toys as a kid and still love the ones I've acquired as an adult. But thinking back, I just kept remembering how a single marble used to provide me with hours of entertainment. I know this sounds weird, but it wasn't just the marble. It was the elaborate contraptions I used to build out of anything I could find so I could watch the marble spin, roll, and whoosh its way through gutters, holes, and tunnels. This type of rolling ball sculpture is also referred to as a marble run, or the even cooler name of Gravitram. Though many people are making rather elegant sculptures, little Charlie would make them out of a bizarre mix of duct tape, Lincoln logs, old board game pieces, and empty toilet paper rolls. In a word, hideous. But aesthetic was not the primary goal. Today, the beautiful solutions many serious enthusiasts create are called kinetic art. The tallest rolling ball sculpture in the world is said to be the Energy Machine, located in the Hong Kong Science Museum, which measures 22 meters tall. I've never seen it, but I'm sure I would be mesmerized for hours. While other kids were playing with race car tracks, I was content with my little marble. Cars always seemed too advantaged with their four wheels to propel them. It always felt more magical to me seeing what a tiny little orb of glass could do. Shooting and rolling down chutes and jumping tracks to land safely at the bottom of whatever weird thing I built to make it happen. I've never lost this fascination with perpetual motion and things that spin. Equally, I've never lost the need to create something out of whatever is sitting in front of me. I didn't consider myself an artist back then. It wasn't a word that ever came up in reference to me. Likely because toilet paper tubes and duct tape are not particularly beautiful. But what they made happen was beautiful to me. And it was the first time I experienced what I would later define as passion. That strong will to do something that overtakes you to the point that you get lost in the doing. Nothing matters in that wondrous moment, whether you're holding a paintbrush or you're just a little boy with nothing more than a dream of a wonderful invention built around the simple love of one 
tiny marble. Making movies. When I was a kid, I have to admit that I always wanted to appear on the silver screen. I thought it would be very cool to be in a movie one day. Of course, this was at the time when I wanted whatever cool toy was in fashion, so I told my mother that when I grew up, I wanted to be famous so they'd make a doll that looked like me. I had no idea at the time who they were, but apparently I've never gotten famous enough for them as a doll version of me has yet to appear. And I've never craved actual fame. But even as a child, I'd riddled out that you probably had to be that before you got your doll. It was odd to say doll over action figure, but I was never one of those burly boys who could fill out a superhero suit. My shyness didn't help much either for achieving much more than a cuddly doll, so I was smart enough to set my expectations appropriately. Though I was a professional actor for a time, I only appeared on stage, making brief television appearances to talk on talk shows. But I never once appeared in a movie. I was, however, lucky enough to be an executive producer of a Hallmark movie called North Pole once. This indeed sounds like the resume of a crazy person, but I like to think of it instead as simply the amazing adventures of a passionate person. As I grew up, I turned a bit shy when it came to appearing on camera. Most people who make a blog about art end up making a video right away, but I just released my first video a few months ago when I was part of the Sketchbook Revival online workshop. Almost four years after starting my sketching journey, it was an amazing experience and I really enjoyed connecting with people who had yet to meet me in this way and making new friends. What I learned in the process is that a video is a bit more difficult to create. It takes a lot of extra equipment and planning, which I'm simply not that great at doing. That's why I started with an audio version of me instead through this podcast. When you're a hobbyist and stealing time to do what you love, it's very challenging to find the time to do more. But I hope to find the time to make more videos in the future. It will most likely be along the lines of showing up to color with Charlie, as I have nothing super technical to share. But if you're up for a bit of fun, I do hope you'll join me at that future date. Thinking back to that little me that imagined a grand life full of fame and dolls, I have to giggle. The reality is nothing like that at all, of course, but in many ways, I feel like I'm living the exact life that little kid imagined. A life that's not overly complex and filled with lots of fun and thrilling, unexpected moments. The very life where you can do one thing in this moment and then eagerly switch and try another in the next one. Yeah, it's a strange approach indeed, as I've never defined what failure looks like, so I can't possibly fail. That's the beauty of simply jumping in to do things that our hearts move us to do next. We always win. At least our hearts are perfectly satisfied. But in the end, I really feel great about all the things I've accomplished. I think that we should all feel wonderful about what we make happen, no matter what it is. The very act of sharing what we create is a gift to the world. It's a bit of our story that has a chance to mingle and blend with the stories of others. To me, that's the most wonderful thing in the world. And in many ways, the beautiful interaction makes me feel, in the end, like I'm indeed finally making movies.
How My Mom Sketches Stuff. This past Mother's Day here in America, I decided to paint a butterfly since that's what mother loves. She doesn't have internet access, so she didn't actually see it, but it's the thought that counts. I called my mother on Mother's Day and she told me she'd received the books I'd sent. I'd sent her a couple of my sketching stuff activity books and she asked me if she was actually supposed to draw something in them. I told her, of course, that's the whole point. She told me that she hadn't drawn anything since grade school. It was a poster for a contest and included a drawing of a person and hers was awarded third place. Though quite crafty and a pro when it comes to crochet and sewing, this was the first time I'd ever learned she'd been awarded a prize for drawing at one point in her life. This was quite a wonderful thing to discover, so of course I told her that I can't wait to see what she'll make in the new activity book that I sent her and will be looking forward to seeing her pages when I visit for Christmas. She laughed and said, okay, we'll just have to see then, won't we? I'm not sure if this actually meant that she'd try her hand at drawing again. My mother has always been good at avoiding making promises that aren't certain to be kept. I've never once known her to over-embellish anything and certainly never outright lie about something. But I secretly wish she would draw something in that book. I'd love to see my mother's drawing style and it would transform it into a most amazing keepsake. Though I've kept letters with her handwriting on them and still have many of the stuffed animals she made me, having her version of the same kind of art that I make would be incredible. I have no idea if I'd see my own style in hers, but it would sure be interesting to find out. It strikes me that so many of the stories my mother shares are of my own childhood and now the ones of her grandchildren. I love hearing her stories of being a kid but had yet to hear the one about the time she used to draw. It's a story we all experienced as kids, but if she hadn't won third place, it wouldn't have become a story at all. So I hope my mother will try drawing again, just as I hope anyone listening to this who hasn't yet will do so as well. It's nothing so difficult that it's only reserved for a select and talented few. We were all born artists, and drawing is simply another form of handwriting that some of us practiced more than others. Whether it was doodling in the corners of a notebook in school or winning an award for a grade school poster design, we've all doodled as kids. As I grew up and continued to create and make things, I once won first place for a continuous line contour sketch of a pair of sneakers. At the time, I was thrilled and I remember my mother being quite proud and saying to the teacher, this talent for art, I just don't know where he gets it. I've always known and credited my mother as every needlepoint, quilt, crocheted doll, and sewn item of clothing were always, in my mind, a work of art. She inspired me to create my whole life, so maybe, just maybe, I've sent her the Mother's Day gift that will finally return the favor. And after all of these years, I'll finally get to see how my mom sketches stuff. Chasing after the ice cream truck. 
I once had a prompt of brownie points, and my mind started with the definition of receiving an imaginary reward for good deeds, but it's tough to sketch something invisible. Then my mind leapt to chocolate brownies and made a huge leap to an ice cream sandwich, so that's what I ended up sketching in the end. Since it is unseasonably hot here, summer memories of chasing after the ice cream truck as a kid came flooding back to me. If I'd finished my homework chores and been generally good, I'd get a physical reward in the form of a few coins from my mom. The next step was to rush madly out of the house, screaming and running, stopping only to pause and listen for the familiar ding in music to try to guess the precise location of the ice cream truck. If you stayed in one spot, there was no guarantee the truck would drive down the street on which you were eagerly waiting. This was long before the days of geolocation, so running in all directions, hoping the music would grow closer to you in the process, was all we could do back then. And I loved the Neapolitan ice cream sandwich best. It was well worth all of the effort, because getting three flavors in one always felt like making the right choice. These days, if I hear an ice cream truck, my heart still starts to race and I have to stop myself from chasing after it. If nothing else, I've no idea if they take credit cards now and I need my change for the bus. Uh, but that feeling of joy that came from the hunt of the ice cream truck and the thrill of victory when finally getting that ice cream sandwich has never left my soul. In many ways, I lived my entire life in this fashion, chasing after little dreams that come to mind and letting them take me to the next little reward. They're not giant and impossible dreams, just little things I'd like to try next. Well, that's how I like to think of them anyway. In doing so, they seem quite possible each and every time. Whether it's starting a podcast or writing a book, in my mind, it's just being that kid again, running to a new street, hoping to find that wonderful and often elusive treat. It's about listening to the little bell and music of my heart as it tells me where I should race to next in order to catch up with that dream. It's not something I have to struggle to achieve. It's something already out there. I simply have to use a bit of courage to find. There's still a lot of dreams that I'm pursuing in life and letting each one lead me onward to the next one. My approach to life always makes me sound terribly optimistic, which of course I am, and just a wee bit crazy, which I might be as well. I've never really, really understood how one measures crazy, but if normal is the alternative, I'd gladly skip that. It seems a bit boring and drab. I like my world to be full of color and ripe with opportunities. Sure, it gets busy and sometimes too busy to keep up with everything properly, but I do my best and I always do as much as I possibly can. Life is all about finding a good balance that brings joy. Not a perfect balance, as perfection doesn't really exist. Nothing is perfect. Everything in the world is perfectly imperfect, and that's what makes life intriguing, unique, and wonderful. What makes taking a bit of time to scribble doodle color in a sketchbook so much fun? So I've no idea how many of my dreams I will manage to find before I die, but there's a world of joy to be found in simply chasing after the ice cream truck. After school snack. 
When I was a kid, there was no better way to end the day than with some cookies and milk. I remember how fun it was to enjoy an after-school snack as a kid. This mostly consisted of an apple or a bit of cheese, but on a very lucky occasions, I'd get to enjoy some cookies. My mom would primarily make sugar cookies, snickerdoodles, and chocolate chip cookies in our house. Nothing terribly unique or unusual. For those cookies, we waited until the Girl Scouts came knocking so we could order something more exotic. Though even then, I preferred the simple peanut butter sandwich cookies the most. Each day when I get home from work, Philippe and I often have a little snack of some kind. It makes me feel like a kid again, though it's usually something very healthy and never, ever cookies. And not that I don't beg for cookies, just as I did when I was a kid, but my efforts to date had not proven successful. He talked about making his own vanilla wafers and then said he was missing powdered sugar, so I snuck some in during the next grocery visit. It didn't work yet, and the bag is still sitting there in the cabinet like a waiting wish, but I still have hope. A couple of years ago, we bought some fun cookie cutters in various holiday shapes. I ran across them the other day, and they're still brand new, having never been used. Apparently, in our house, just the thought of cookies is enough. As a kid, my favorite kind of cookie was really just about any of them, fresh out of the oven. I didn't want to wait until they cooled properly and liked them best when they were all a bit gooey. It's not totally dissimilar to how I approach my watercolor, actually. I never quite let things dry like they should, and so have just taken to using less water to compensate. Chocolate chip cookies, I believe, are the hands-down favorite he cookie here in the Midwest, but my favorite type was a snickerdoodle. A chocolate chip cookie out of the oven was just a bit too gooey and messy for me. I did manage to get a cookie one weekend when Philippe and I were out at lunch. We split a smoked chocolate chip cookie that was totally awesome. Sometimes during experiences like this, Philippe gets inspired to try his own version, but before that inspiration could sink in, he inexplicably decided he would like to make his own corn tortillas from now on instead. As rare as cookies are in my world, I'm realizing now it's been a very long time since I've had a glass of milk. Perhaps it's because I associate the two, and without a cookie, there's very little point. I always enjoy talking about childhood memories, but I also find it fun to play a bit when it comes to my sketching and try a few doodle washes with just a touch looser style than my normal approach. Though it's nothing very extreme, and it's always tough to tell since our own style chases us down again no matter what medium we use or how we choose to play with it. And no matter what I'm creating, I always choose play and fun. I'm not a serious artist, as I'm not a very serious person. I'm lighthearted and insanely optimistic, so it's practically impossible for me to be serious or even know what that really means, actually. What I know is that I love life, and I love to scribble-doodle color my way through it. I get such joy from creating something each day. So that's why I'm literally always telling everyone I can to do so as well. Making something each day doesn't have to be difficult. Just think of it as gleefully showing up for that after-school snack. When hearts come together, there's nothing more powerful in the world than love. 
Not simply romantic love, but so many other different kinds of love as well, like the kind we share with family and friends, the kind that bonds us together in that way that only poets can ever articulate properly. And then there's a seemingly simple idea of love, simply loving to do something, like making a bit of art each day. But when it grows into a passion, it becomes a wondrous thing indeed, an act of the heart. And finding others who share that same passion is one of the greatest gifts I've experienced on my art journey. We all share a beautiful bond made stronger when we come together to share what we create and what we've learned along the way. And there are many people who've come before us that we admire, though they're no longer with us today. That bond is a connection of the heart that makes us stronger. And each of those hearts that have come before us are still with us today in spirit. I know that my own journey is just a small part of a much bigger picture. Life is like an oil painting that never quite dries. Its artist is continually making changes along the way, and we're all part of the same painting. A riot of colors, shapes, and lines that seem so different in appearance, but form something magnificent when love appears to connect it all. When I was younger, love was often something that caused confusion. There was that certain quest to find the person I would share my life with and several heartbreaks along the way. Feeling love for someone else seemed to make the world spin in a chaotic way that posed more questions than it answered. As I grew older, I learned that the opposite is true. Love brings things into sharp focus, and we can finally see the world clearly. Not that I'd ever want to go through the woes of dating again with this knowledge. It's nice to know that I'm with my perfect match and can simply enjoy life now. Yes, of course, I mean Philippe when it comes to romance, but I've also had the joy of finding a type of art that I love as well. Sure, it's just making coloring book pages each day and coloring them in with watercolor, but that brings me endless joy, so I know it's the right match for me. And I've also come to learn that approaching it all like a child might has made life and art so much more fun. There's always joy in my heart, and that's the most exciting feeling I can ever hope to have. Though I don't have many people in my life that I see in person on a regular basis, I love knowing that I have them as well. And I adore the memories of people who shaped my life before but are no longer living. Those memories will keep them alive in my soul until I too have passed, hopefully leaving memories for others to enjoy as well. Finally, I know in my heart that I couldn't have made this journey without all of you. It's wonderful to connect through our shared interests of painting, sketching, writing, and just life in general. I hope to keep making things for years to come and continue to connect with others who make things as well. It sounds like such a silly and simple goal, but I know it's all I need to make me happy. Perhaps that's the real wisdom I've gained as I've gotten older. Being happy takes very few things to accomplish. They just have to be the right things. Discovering what truly makes me happy has been the best side effect of this wild and winding art journey. Though I once thought joy came in a long list of things to acquire or achieve, I now realize it's just one thing after all. That singularly thrilling and joyous moment when hearts come together.
thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. Thank you.